I mean, that's why they make the movies. When church is good, it should be the way that family is good. That's the way it should be. You, you get a sense of identity from it. You get a sense of belonging with the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? This is, my, this is what my family was like. Um, you should get a sense of belonging no matter your quirks. You should have a sense of worth, a sense of value, a sense of trust. Uh, one person described it like we're all holding each other hostage. <laughs> family should be where there's a commitment to each other. You know, Rebecca and I passed 17 years of marriage. I'm not taking the ring off. Right? I'm not taking the ring off. It's a symbol of her commitment to me. It's not a ball and chain. It's not a drag. It's not a negative thing. It's a symbol that there's, there's another human in this world that sees all my weaknesses and still chooses to love me. That's crazy. Hello? There's a lot of benefit that goes with this ring. Some of you know, I mean, Rebecca is the better part of this church. (laughs) With family, you don't take the ring off. See, God wired us for relationship. Even from the very beginning, the first thing that God looked at and decided to make a change was when a human being was alone. We're not wired for isolation to be lonely. I think everyone in this room has had the experience where you're in a crowd, but you feel lonely. You know what I mean? Ever been in a crowd and felt lonely? Um, A famous person in Hollywood once said that the best stories in Hollywood have loneliness at their core. Even referring to Jesus Christ himself and the loneliness he felt on the cross when the Father turned his face from him. God looked at a human being on earth alone and needed to make a change. We're wired for relationship. Now, bettertogether.org and bowlingalone.com, you can find the result of of, of surveys. A lot of your USA Today little infographics are the result of interviewing between 1,000 and 1,500 people, which is ridiculous because there's a couple hundred million people in the United States that tells us nothing. This research is the result of interviewing 500,000 people, which is a little bit more informative. And it tells us a lot that we are in a country full of lonely people. In fact, the research shows that our nation has never been more lonely than it is today. Research over 30 years, over 500,000 people, shows that today... Our country, the United States, with more connectedness through social media, more connected opportunities than we've ever had before, more ease of connection to Skype and other video calls. I know a lot of you here use those tools. But yet the research shows very clearly we have never been more alone. Now, loneliness is vicious. It's hard. It's difficult, right? It's painful. And another thing happens when you're alone, when you're isolated, you get weird. I've seen it in my life, and I won't say if I've seen it in anyone else's. But when you get isolated, you get weird. See, when family is good, when marriage is good, when friendships are good, you have people around you that you know are for you. And when you have people around you that you know are for you, that see your faults and see your strengths and still love you just the same, That's affirming. It's strengthening. What they say means more than what a stranger says about you. 
Am I right? My father, who talks and writes for a living, at home is a very quiet, very personal person. You know, there's research out there about the number of words that a, a man speaks on an average day. And he would run out of words before he got home. My dad could build me up or crush me with one word. One word. Now, I'm incredibly blessed that my father is amazing. Amazing. He's the best man at my wedding. He's an amazing person. We have an amazing relationship. And he provides strength to me in amazing ways. We're wired for relationship. We are not wired to be alone. Statistics from this study show that if you will this year, get this now, if you will this year join one social group that you interact with, it does not count on the internet. You will join one social group that you interact with, statistically it cuts your odds of dying next year in 2015 in half. This is real numbers. In half. If you're living a solitary life and you're not on a regular basis, a weekly basis, a monthly basis, really interacting with other groups of people, if you will join one social group and interact with them, it cuts your odds of dying next year in half. Similarly, every 10 minutes of your commute over the course of your year reduces what they call your social capital. That is, your energy, your physical and emotional energy, and also your availability to have a healthy social life by 10%. Now, I used to have a commute with 45 minutes one way and an hour and a half home. I ran out of social capital, statistically speaking. The average person in the United States right now has a commute of 45 minutes. So the average person in the United States is basically running on half of the energy that God gave them for relationships. Pastor Ben, you're depressing. (laughs) What we should do is connect with other people and by repeatedly, consistently connecting with them, we build trust. Right? Trust is built. And then what happens is we get involved. Now you've seen before that the purpose of this church is helping people connect with Jesus, grow in faith, and share His love. It's about next steps. Now, the result of that is that on weekend worship, you should be building community and intimacy with God through life groups, which we're talking about today. You build community with insiders. We'll talk about that more later. And it causes you, as a result, to serve and share, which a benefit of is that you will have more influence with other people. I want you to know what kind of church you're involved in. Here's what we see. We see a church loving Jesus in a way that people talk about, where people find salvation and healing, where people find careers and peaceful homes where everyone can find a place that they fit. Everyone. We have a very diverse church. It's not an easy thing to accomplish. Do you know that the most successful human organizations in having true diversity, meaning people of different ethnic backgrounds, educational backgrounds, economic backgrounds, they don't listen to the same music, watch the same movies, swim in the same cultural soup. The most successful organizations are the ones that are forced. The military, sports. Those are the two that are the most successful. Do you know what should be the most successful according to what I read in the Bible and what John saw before the throne room of God? 
the church. I look around this room, we're getting there. All right, we're pretty close today to, to representing what the demographics tell us are within a two-mile radius of this room. We're pretty close. We're getting there. But if we don't love each other, we're faking it. Right? If we don't love each other, we're faking it. So what's God up to? Well, Jesus we talked about this at length last week. Jesus makes it very clear when he's asked, what's the most important thing in the scripture? And he says, love God with all you've got and love others. Now, if I call myself a Jesus follower, i got to check myself at some point. And I've got to stop and I've got to say, do I love God with all I've got? And do I love others? Jesus said, if you love the people that like you, how are you different than an unbeliever? That was Jesus. But if you love the people that don't like you, then you're like me. <laughs> Jesus is a real deal. Before he skyrocketed into heaven, after his crucifixion, he's walking around revealing himself in his resurrected body to hundreds of people. He said, go and make disciples. So I'm going to call myself a Jesus follower. I've got a mission. I have an identity, my life has purpose, and I have a mission. Hello? Right? It should be very focused on next steps in a growing relationship with Jesus. Now let's go to Acts 2. Acts 2, 41-47. All those who believe what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. Oh, didn't start with a small church. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, which means to say the way that they were teaching what Jesus taught them, and to fellowship. It's that word that gets abused and twisted. To fellowship. And to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all. Now, why? Deep sense of awe doesn't come over until action has already happened on their part, until time has already passed. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property, possessions, and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while, praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people, and each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Now, chapter 4, verses 32 through 35. All the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt what they owned was not their own, so they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was upon them all. There were no needy people among them because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. Chapter 5, verse 42. And every day, in the temple and from house to house, they continued to teach and preach this message. Jesus is the Messiah. Now, here's what we've got to see, and that's what I have on the screen. I want you to consider this. I think a lot of believers don't consider this. I'm asking you to consider 
the plain, simple truth of Scripture. City, Bible, church. Right? Bible, important. Plain, simple truth of Scripture. Starting local churches inside cities is how Jesus' followers responded to what He told them to do. They did so with a simple focus. People need Jesus. They were gathered and scattered. Now, throughout the New Testament, what you see consistently is that people who believed in in Jesus gathered together with a focus on salvation. There were things that resulted from that. Water baptism, Holy Spirit baptism, giving to the poor, always present. Gathered together, eldership, teaching of Jesus' words, always present. But they did so in public places in the city, which is where we are here now. Hello? It's where we're here. And in their homes. I want to challenge you. If you call yourself a Jesus believer, and you're not gathering together with other believers in your church, in your homes, you're not doing what the Bible says. You're not. I have seen many times in my life Results in both directions. When believers are not gathering in their homes, the results are consistently bad. When believers are gathering in homes, the results are consistently good. It's the plain, simple truth of Scripture. You ever look at a pigeon and wonder, how can that fat thing fly? I have. It's kind of how my brain works. Looks like a tomato with weird feathers. Listen. <laughs> Here's what we believe. We believe that our gathering on Sundays at a public place and our gathering in homes is a two-wing bird. We believe that God's results in your life don't come about without both. They've and they need to be working together. Okay? We need to have we call them life groups, small groups that are in connection with the local church, not off doing their own thing, teaching Jesus, same focus, but they got to work together. And that if they're working together, then you have a chance as a believer to have a successful life and to be full. Like Jesus said, John 10, 10, I came to give you life and that to the full. You're excited where you know that you have friends. Sometimes you want to go where somebody knows your name. (laughs) The number one competition of this church is the bar. I've met over 50 of the pastors in this immediate area and I love them. Not a one of them are we in competition with. Not a one. Do you know who I'm competing with? The bar. Is that real enough for you? This should be where you come, where people know your name, where people know what's going on in your life, where they love you, where you're not faking it, where you can go to be real. Some people feel like they can't even be real in their own house, and so do they go to the bar so they can be real there. This is not a place where we hold up masks, where we're plastic Christians, where we're fake. This is a place where we bring it every week and we're real. That's how this should work. This is how this should look. We should love each other even in our junk. In fact, we should love each other more in our junk. 
But Jesus talked about it like this. Expect other believers to offend you. Forgive them in advance. Be prepared. Be postured. Be ready to forgive. That's your Jesus talking. That's the kind of life that we're called to. Okay, i got to keep moving real quick. So, life group. I would encourage you to read what I wrote. It's at benmalman.com. It's at cbcbaltimore.com. What is a life group? What's the purpose? What are we doing? Listen, you hear us say all the time, nobody stands alone. That's what kind of church we want this to be. Nobody stands alone. Get connected with life-giving relationships. I would bet you have enough relationship, enough people in your life that pull you down. I won't use a crass word. You need, li- you need relationships that are life-giving. That's what you need. Church works best when we're sharing life. Now, this community word, just real quick. Here's what I mean Small groups, life groups, community. The intentional, that means you've got to make a decision to overcome this, ah, I think it's weird, I don't want to be in their house, what if I don't like them? Yeah, I know. I've felt that way before. I I really, many years of my life, did not like anything that felt like pressure to small groups. I hated it. But it's benefited me greatly. Greatly. The intentional development of meaningful relationships. Meaningful relationships based on God's purpose and principles, resulting in each person having a sense of belonging, acceptance, and significance. Does that sound good? That's what we're talking about. That's what it should be. Every person should have that. How do we evaluate whether or not a life group is being successful? If it's doing these things. We train the small group leaders here, and I hold them accountable. Is your small group doing these things? That's the purpose. That's how we evaluate if they're working. Now, in, in this year, I'm going to be giving you every month a monthly action challenge. I'm going to come up with a better word for it, like do or something else. I don't know. Do, be, do, be, do, do, be, do. I don't know. We talked through Ephesians through the whole be, do. you got to be Christian before you can do Christian. I don't know. Connect, grow, share. Our monthly action challenge in January was the prayer and fasting, which some of you thought that was weird enough. In February, the monthly action challenge is to get your hindquarters into a small group. Like it or not. I just dare you to just go once. Once. Okay? That's my dare for this month. Here's the prayer that I want you to consider before we go today. And I'm going to mix it up. We're going to do something different right now. But here's a prayer that I want you to consider. Dear God, please forgive me for the times that I've not kept an active connection with you. Give me the grace to remain in you. Help me dream big and think small to strengthen my relationships. Now we're going to have a little bit of a family discussion. So I've asked a few people in particular to share. So would you all come now at this time if I've asked you to share today? We've got these two mics set up right here. We'll just rotate relatively quickly. You're here and you know that you're supposed to share this morning if you'll just come up at this time. So I want to talk about, and I want to be real, and I've asked these people to be real and to be honest, I want to talk about small groups, what they mean, and how they work, and what the benefit is, and that sort of stuff. So guys, go ahead and jump in, take turns one at a time, and talk. Just stay standing. I know Abby's not in here. I know Jimmy's not in here. Mikey's also in our group. Um, Lisa's in Malaysia. 
Yeah, and Lisa's in Malaysia, so... But I, I wanted to do real quick and say, because I don't get to brag on these guys publicly, and I get to, I do it privately, but look around and see these people. If you don't know them, if you haven't talked with them, you really need to. Each one of them will add something completely special and different and amazing to your life. Um, so I just, I just wanted to, you guys can sit down, but I just wanted to take a, like, that 10 seconds just to brag on these guys, because they really are amazing. Um, so one of the things that Life Group has meant to me, which is kind of awesome, and is really that this is a place where I fit. Um, and it's kind of strange saying that because I lead it. Um, but, but, it, but it is. It's a place that I fit. And I think that that's one of the best things for me is it's been getting to know and have those intentional relationships um, with people in my, in my life group that are there that are going to celebrate, celebrate with me when things are going good, who are going to stand there and are going to pray for me when things are not going well. And at the same point in time, are also going to call me on my bad stuff. That's the best way to say it while we're in church. Um, they're going to well, they're going to call they're going to call that out and say that's not right. I think you need to change. Like what's going on? Um, and I think that's been one of the things is just those wonderful relationships. But again, I can say a lot of things because I lead it. But I asked um, Mike, who this was his your first time, right? This is his first life group, um, and he was also really really courageous because he came to church for the first time, found out we had a life group, and then came on that Wednesday after he called me and we had a weird conversation because I was in Boston. And he was so he was really courageous, showed up, and stayed. So I wanted to ask him to just say a couple things about what it's for him. So, It's really bright up here. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, um, I guess uh, sometime in the middle of summer, I've never really gone to church before, and I woke up one morning, and I was like, for some reason I want to go to church. And I talked to my roommate, and I said, do you, uh, do you know a place that I can go? I said, I, you know, I'm looking for something where I can actually, you know, know the people that are there. So I used to grow up in the Catholic and the Sunday and Sundays. I did never met anybody through there. Um, so I just, it was just a weird whim that I had one morning, and uh, he uh, happened to know Nate gave me Nate's phone number, and that was a weird conversation. Uh, I was like, hi, my name's Mike, um, you know, what can I do? Uh, so I came to the church, uh, and as soon as I walked in the door, you know, Naya was the first person to say hi, uh, Adriana talked to me all, all day, and she actually convinced me to go to the life group. I've never been to one before. I always used to think, oh, that kind of stuff's stupid. So, because of Adriana, I went on Wednesday, but she didn't show up, so I was no, I didn't know anybody there. <laughs> and uh, you know, I really didn't know what to think of it at first, but you know, it's one of those things where I look forward every week to hang out with my best friends. I mean, we, it's not, I mean, it's more than, I mean, we talk about the Bible, but, you know, it's, you know, I come out because I just want to hang out with my best friends, and it's, it's great. And I can come and, you know, I can vent about my problems and brag about my achievements and, uh, you know, just, you know, support each other. And it's, it's been a really positive thing since I'm going, and I think I may try to go every time. I Good. Excellent. Good.
life group back in the fall at Ben and Rebecca's house. And I thought, Rebecca kept asking me to go, and I wouldn't go because I thought they'd sit there and pray for an hour. So we do that in the church and all. But I know it wasn't just about prayer. It's about meeting new people, knowing that they have situations that are as bad as mine or worse or even better and stuff. And we sit there, we talk, we get to know each other, and um, we pray for each other, and we learn about the Bible, which I'm learning to understand the Bible better in our life. That's good. That's good. Thank you. Hello, everyone. My name is Ronald. Um, this is my wife, Lisa. Lisa didn't know she was going to come up, up here. She's not going to speak. But Thank you. The reason I brought her up here is because, like, the illustration about the pigeon, this fat pigeon going up, it takes two wings. I'm right-handed, Lisa left-handed, and she's the left side, I'm the right side, and this is how we get closer to God, is that we got to work together. That's good. And this is Team Beatty. We have a Bible study at our house on Friday nights. Can I ask people that's in our Bible study to please stand so you can see? That's good. (laughs) These are the ones that's in our Bible study. And there's some others that's in our Bible study, thank you guys, that goes to other churches, and they come to our Bible study. In our Bible study, all we do, guys, is just read the Bible. That's all we do. The Holy Spirit speaks to us, but, and we pray. We have prayer requests. And we had a mother and daughter pray, ask for a prayer request with tears, asking God to help build their relationship because they can see their relationship falling apart. Sometime after that, God allowed the mother to get inflicted with something that she came through. But it brought that mother and daughter together so tight, it was amazing. We looked at it and we said, golly, God, you did this in front of our eyes and we'll never even see you. A wonderful God that brings people. Another example I want to give is that um, our grandson comes there as well. We have people there from two years old to like 80 years old. And I'm telling you, all the age groups are in there. And our grandson um, is there sometimes before his father gets there. But when his father comes in, he is so happy. He says, Daddy. <laughs> and he runs to him like he's so happy. Whether he's having good times there or whether him and his aunt are arguing and having a big bad time. <laughs> he runs to his daddy. And I noticed that in him. And my grandson taught me to run to my daddy. Every morning I say, Daddy. <laughs> when I'm having good times and when I'm having bad times. We notice that in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. If you read the scriptures, you will see people's life, how they deal with daddy, and they go it. We don't have it all together, guys. I'm telling you, we That's don't. Good. We're working on things. I don't have a career right now, and I'm looking for one. But I have a job, and my job is to go in the world and preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. And I thank God for that, because that's the best job I ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. But we have people in there that doesn't have careers as well. We have people in there that do have careers. We have people in there with struggles. And we all have struggles. But even through our struggles, we still can go, Daddy. <laughs> and he hears us. He helps us. He brings us back. Sometimes he let us out there a while, but he brings us back. That's good. God always loved us. He loved us even before we were born. And he loves us even through all the mess we go through. This is Team Beatty. We have a Bible study on Friday nights. Anybody's welcome to come. That's good. Thank you. Kristen, you you can come around. Um, As Femi and and Kristen uh, share, 
want to ask you a question. I want you to interact with us. Some of you that use social media on the church's Facebook page, you can post or you can reply to us in this question on Twitter, which I've been putting out there this week at cbcbaltimore.com. And we're going to put some of the answers up on the screen here in just a moment. What are the things that you're the most excited about or scared about in joining a small group? You can answer that question and just send a reply. Or some of you that have my cell number, you can text me. What are the things that you're most excited about or most scared about when it comes to or intimidated or whatever when it comes to joining a small group? If you, you can tweet that in to cbcbaltimore.com or text me, uh, and we will be putting those up on the screen to do a little bit more discussion here. Femi, go ahead. Uh, hi, everyone. <coughs> My name is Femi. Uh, well, we um, attend a small group in Ben and Kristen's uh, place. Uh, for me, um, what I would say... Um, has been great, uh, impacted me so much is uh, the opportunity itself to to have community, to to be with other believers. But particularly, it's this is this feel. It's like each time I go, you know, to uh, to to small groups, and uh, I, and also basically each time I'm with, because in small groups, uh, it's it gives us more opportunity to be actually invested with in each other, to actually pray and. You know, and mostly pray actually and read scriptures. But one thing that always comes out to me so strong is the fact that of the unique grace on the lives of each and everyone in in the groups. It's like mm-hmm. I just feel such. I just feel a unique a uniqueness, a unique touch, just a unique grace, a unique God with us. It's like in every person. It's like in every prayer that each person makes, in every every expression. I just there's such a beauty. I just feel like. This is this person has something to give that no one else can give, mm-hmm. you know. And I find that I can. I find that I need to receive. I need to come here to receive this. It's like I feel like a completeness in myself. It's like in my spiritual life, I felt like every time I, I, you know, was distant away from maybe small groups or just in myself on my own, I felt the. Incompleteness. I felt like a facet. I, I didn't feel. I felt like it's. I just felt such a, a diminished sense, you know, of you know, a, a sense of incompleteness. And but each time I go, you know, to the. I mean, to the small groups, especially the setting. It's not just because church. Of course, we have, a, a, you know, preaching and all that. But I feel like the small groups bring it helps us to be more tightly more close together, more tightly knitted, you know, and I feel like it opens up an opportunity for God to just release His grace upon us in particular ways, and I feel like it's, it, it, it really uh, <coughs> brings a deeper sense of completeness to me, because I'm able to hmm. uh, connect to others just many times, just their smile, just, just I don't know, I just, just their heart, you know, and and it it gives me something that I cannot receive in myself on my own, and it made me have this sense of you know how like God leads the church, He leads the individual, and it's like there's a there's a different sense of God with us mm. when we are together, and there's a wholeness that comes to us, a wholeness we cannot receive individually, you know, and we find that also I have an opportunity to bless, to give, to release myself, to be. A blessing and to receive mm. from others, you know, and it's like there are times when we went and we, we, God just leads us. We're praying. It's like I feel 
the spirit is like I just feel God's spirit able to to inspire and lead us even to pray even more specifically prayers that encourage one another you know right? prayers just meeting people at the point of their needs and just just because we all come with our hearts in come to a place to gather in his name so that he is there among us and he knows our hearts he knows where we are and he yeah. comes to minister to us in that place and to lift us up and make us feel as part of each other that's and so good. really that's the um, major good. part of you know what I want to share the fact that the completeness that it gives each person unique each person having a grace to release God as no one else can and that facet is needed by all of us Good. So, that's it. Good. Good. so fun fact, um, my very first small group was when I was in college. I was a freshman, and in the middle of winter, I went to a Bible study, and the leader happened to be a guy named Ben Farrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we didn't start dating until about three and a half years later, but that is the first place I really got to interact with Ben. And um, since then, I've been in a small group of some sort at most points in my life, um, and I found that even though the groups are all different, each one has helped me to really connect with people, build friendships. I've made my best friends through small groups, really. And then also connect with God in new ways and different ways than I would have figured out how to do on my own. Um, and this last fall, um, Lisa mentioned she thought small groups were praying for an hour. Our small group literally did that. We prayed for an hour <laughs> every week. Um, and it's something that I hadn't really done in a small group before, and it was kind of experimental, and we weren't sure how it was going to go. But it ended up working out really well. We actually got to know people by listening to each other pray mm-hmm. and by being able to really join in with each other and to agree with each other in prayer. And that was really cool um, in building relationships, and it helped me to better understand how to interact with God that way in a group. So that was really cool, and we're not going to do the same thing this spring, but I'm excited to see um, what God brings us in depth of relationship with each other and with Him this spring. That's good. Good. All right, so I am going to have each of the leaders stand up, and and we'll see who's in what group in just a moment. But before we do, I want to... uh, Let's have a little bit of discussion. Let's have um, a little bit more fun. I don't think I've done a very good job of making this sound appealing, and they did amazing. And just, I love the people that are in our church. Um, we really, we really have some amazing people in this church. And so Ben is going to um, help me out here a little bit. I'm going to read some of the responses that have already come in uh, to the question. Uh, but first, I just want to kind of recap. And Ben, you can, um, if you want, you can jump back and forth and add to one of the slides. Uh, one thing that uh, Nate was talking about there is that in a small group, he finds a place where you fit. That word fit. I can fit here. Um, one of the other things that was discussed, that it's a, it's a place where you can know each other. You really know each other. You get to know people and, and have some depth there. Um, one of the things that was mentioned was an opportunity to learn how to understand the Bible. Like for real, you know, like Sunday morning, the whole big event thing, it's really not, it can only help you in some ways in learning how to understand the Bible. We just you don't have time to do a question and answer every week. It's, you know, it's easier in a personal way to learn how to understand the Bible in a small group. Prayer was discussed by a couple of people and how meaningful that is in a small group setting. Uh, one of the things that was also mentioned is um, 
we get closer to God when we're together. When we're together, that's when we really get closer to God. Um, Femi talking about completeness and it also being an opportunity to bless each other. You know, if you're taking in all the time, and there certainly are seasons where we're broken, where we're hurting, where we need to take in a lot, but if that's all you ever do, you will become spiritually sick. It's like one of the worst things that can happen to you is for your digestive system to shut down. And I don't mean to be crass, but to not be able to produce waste. It's one of the most painful deaths you can go through. Our spiritual lives are not meant to just take in and take in and take in. We're meant to give. We're meant to serve. We're meant to, we're meant to give our energy and ourselves away to others. Give God and what He's given us away to others. It's, it's what you're designed for. It gives you an opportunity to do that. Um, and it gives you an opportunity to grow in prayer. So I don't know, Ben, if we want to add any of those. Fit, know, understand the Bible opportunity to bless in prayer. Now, I want to read some of the suggest- the responses that have come in already. And Ben, just to whatever, however you want to start to put these up uh, on the board. Um, Anna said, I'm excited about life groups starting again. I love spending time with other families and encouraging each other. So encouraging is a, is a great word. How many of you would like some encouragement? Right? <laughs> That's helpful. Um, Joe talked about uh, in a couple of different tweets one about um, how you find friends for life and really connecting and growing together Uh, and in an earlier one he said uh, in my busy schedule it can be hard to carve time for solid friendships and that life groups definitely help support that Um, Ben at the back of the room said uh, I'm excited to make notes and markings all over the booklet printout for Colossians which is going to be their story uh, study in Colossians to compare uh, notes uh, with friends Um, let's see (laughs) we are not tangled by faint affections we've fought together we have hoped together we have loved um, and that's what I have that's come in directly. Wait, there's, there's another one real quick. It's thinking about it. Um, One of the things that I'm scared about, that is the commitment of a small group. Um, You know, the obligation to keep showing up. um, And that sometimes I question myself. um, My own ability to keep showing up. Um, I fear that maybe I will not, um, upon showing up, have the ability to be humble Uh, I'm a social person. I tend to open myself up very quickly when given the opportunity, but I've come to realize that I can be too open to the point where I'm no longer social but uh, antisocial. That's good honesty right there. I know that uh, for me, uh, I don't know if some of you have ever seen the movie What About Bob? And uh, Bill Murray plays this uh, mental health patient who's tracking his... uh, 
his therapist and he shows up on his family vacation. He says, I need, I need. I'm doing the work, man. I'm not a slacker. I know some people in small group, you're afraid that somebody else is going to glom on you in some weird, unhealthy way. Uh, another response, I've been in Maryland seven years and still haven't found my place. Uh, praying that it would be revealed to me finally this year. And uh, little baby Roman says, it's his most spiritual nap time of the week. <laughs> Um, so we have some really good responses there. Um, anyone else want to shout out to me your response? What? Oh, a what experience? A butt out or bought out? About the experience. Yeah. What are you excited about? What are you afraid of or intimidated by when it comes to joining a small group? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm I'm excited about the small group, uh, small groups, and uh, the 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 really thing that uh, kind of pushes me is uh, finding out which one to to be with. Because I'm not afraid to be in small groups. I know they're very helpful. They are. They haven't even started yet, and they've already shown themselves helpful to me. Uh, I know that sounds weird, but that's it's, it's already been helping me. Uh, but it's just finding out which one to be part of. That's good. Um. So one of the things that I really enjoy about small groups is uh, that you can get kind of a gender perspective. So I'm a guy, and I like to sit at a 30,000-foot level, talk about causes and theory all day long. Ben and I can have talks for days about probably nothing, actually. <laughs> um, and when I and I am offered a female perspective, there's something very practical about it, something very experiential about it, um, and something that I can take away um, every day uh, into my everyday life. And I think that that's absolutely valuable, and That's great. Bruce? One, one thing I have I've learned and I found it uh, in my, um, I've been safe since uh, 77 and I've joined a lot of groups, traveled and done a lot of things. But one thing I've learned in the B group, uh, in the Bible study, is that Jesus said, where there's two or three gathered in my name, I'll be in the midst. Which means there's nothing missing, broken, or out of place in God. And I don't have to explain to anybody where I really am because it doesn't really matter at that time. Because in God, there's, there's no time. They're not governed by mm-hmm. time. Healing takes place. Whatever you, whatever I need. I don't have to discuss anything with my wife. Something that might have been on the back of my mind becomes healed just being in the presence of God's people. And then when they start to give out, start to release on things that I've already experienced, I can release out of myself to some of the young people or to someone who hasn't been where I've been, which causes my healing to go even deeper. 
when I leave, we are so happy. Just going back home, there's peace that fill our home. We talked about it all week long about what transpired. It's just a wonderful, wonderful experience that God has created such groups like this to go out all over the country and all over the world. This is one of the greatest things that is really, really the birthing of Jesus himself in this. Hmm. And people actually seeing and getting fed and life through this. And like Pastor Ben said, it's what Jesus mainly commanded. All right, well, we're already um, a little bit over time, which is my fault. I want to do a couple real quick things. Um, hey, I love you, and I know that I'm always asking you to take next steps, and that some of those steps are just a bridge too far. I want you to know that that's okay. It's all right. I've been there myself before. I understand. And I really don't think there's a criticism you could bring against this church or how we do stuff or how I do stuff that I probably wouldn't agree with you on some level about. Not my first rodeo. I know who I am in God. And I would welcome criticisms, questions, challenges. I would welcome it. But I'm doing this. I'm asking you to take next steps because I love you. I love you. I care about you. I pray for you. I want to see God's best for you in your life. I know that it's hard. I know that a lot of us have a full life and a lot of stuff going on. And we feel trapped and we feel like our schedule won't allow. I want to challenge you to come back to that first. Ask God, what is supposed to be first? Maybe it's time for you to sit down and reprioritize. Maybe it's time to change jobs. Maybe it's time to change some of those time commitments and give your spirit a chance. Some of us don't give ourselves a chance at a faith walk. It's time. It's time. Now, one of the things that we do um, is that we do eight-week cycles with some of the different groups and some of the different studies so that you don't feel like it's some kind of lifetime commitment. And hey, if you want to come once and you want to switch to another group, our, our leaders are all secure in who they are, and it's totally fine. And if they're not, I'll make them secure. Uh, but they, but we, we don't want you to feel trapped at all. I hate being trapped. Don't trap me. I'm going to punch my way out. Um, so we don't want you to feel trapped. So what we are doing this week is we're starting a new eight-week cycle. And we're, we, we want to groups, we want groups to have the freedom to, to work through the entire calendar year. Um, but we do an eight-week cycle where it gives you a chance to just try it out, a taste of community, get a taste to see if you like it. And so uh, I see Rebecca at the back of the room. Will you stand real quick? Uh, my beautiful wife, Rebecca, um, Pastor Rebecca, who's functioned in ministry for a long time. Can you tell her that you love her, please? I know that you do. Um, if you have been in our small group, will you stand real quick? You've been in our life group. I know Val and a few of the people uh, stepped out, but they've been in. Aren't these great people? Yeah, I love them. All right, thank you, guys. Uh, we've, we've had a few others, and we would invite you to come. You may be seated. Thank you very much. Ben and Kristen, if you'll stand. And then if you're in their life group, will you stand as well, please? Ben and Kristen. Come on, let's give them a cheer. All right. Okay. And Nate, Nate and Brittany, Brittany's working today. Nate, will you stand? And if you're in Nate and Brittany's small group, will you stand, please? Awesome. No. Um, 
I know we're, we're, we're missing a number of folks that are in all the small groups. Most of the small groups are pretty good size. Ron and Lisa, will you stand real quick? And if you've been in Ron and Lisa's a Friday night group, will you stand as well with them? Okay, excellent. Thank you. So we've got a paper here for you today. I know we live in the paperless society, but I provided a paper for you. Uh, please, I would invite you to not leave unless you've gotten one of these. This shows you the name, the address, the phone number, the day, and the time, and the purpose for every one of the groups. So please don't leave le- until you've got this. For Rebecca and I, we live just three blocks south of here, and our phone number is listed on the website and on Facebook and all that junk. It's really easy to get a hold of us. Um, but we are going to do a Bible study focused on how do I grow stronger spiritually. And I'm really excited about it. We actually have a 10-week plan with a couple of game nights mixed in because we like to goof around too. Um, but this is going to be very, very good. If you're feeling you're not in a small group already and you feel like it, I need to grow stronger in my faith, this is going to be good for you. Um, ben and Kristen um, are going to be focused on some inductive study, some prayer, um, and discussion, a good amount of discussion, but focused on a study through Colossians, which is top drawer. Just excellent, excellent uh, material. Really excited about that. Oh, Rebecca and I meet Thursday night, 7 p.m. Uh, Nate and Ben and Kristen also Thursday night, 7 p.m., which is a switch for their group. Nate and Brittany um, are... Uh, well, we have some couples with babies, uh, etc. in Ben and Kristen's group. Nate and Brittany's group is primarily young professionals. Uh, and so they're uh, taking a topical approach, hitting different topics we've talked through. I'm, I'm really excited about it. And they're actually going to be different people hosting different discussions that will be very focused and would be very beneficial to anyone. But that's Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. Ron and Lisa, Really a community-focused, neighborhood-focused, and very much an evangelistic uh, group that's been going on for a long time, uh, but also uh, really focused through Bible study, and right now they're in the Gospel of Luke. Uh, so that's Friday night, 7 o'clock, and please don't leave until you've got a hold of this paper. It's got the names, the addresses, the phone numbers, the dates and times, everything that you could need so that you can know where you can go this week. Does that sound good? We're going to start off this week, and, and it's going to be very enjoyable. We're going to be talking more next week about what we will be doing this year to serve the poor and ideas of things that small groups can do, even in that regard. Last night I was with Naya and his compatriot Ira, uh, who is just awesome. More than 50 people in their home doing something that any small group can do. Baltimore Soup. You go to Facebook.com, Baltimore Soup. Like him awesome. I had so much fun. We are going to be helping fund some of the projects that were talked about last night as a church. Very excited about different people that are serving the community. Talk to Naya, ask him about it. Great way for you to get involved in your neighborhood, even if it seems impossible. Can we stand? Love you guys. I apologize we went late today. This is the latest we've ever gone, and if anyone was keeping record. Grace and peace to you today. Please enjoy your family, friend time, whatever you do, you're going to crash our Super Bowl party, whatever it is you're going to do, enjoy your wonderful day, the stuff we've got to eat and drink out in the coffee shop. Uh, If you can help me, we'll gather our personal belongings. If you need prayer today, I know we did not have as much time as we normally do for prayer, please grab someone and ask for prayer before we leave. We love you today. Grace and peace to you. Have a great day. Go Seahawks. Oh, oh, oh.